Mucho gusto, and welcome to another episode of Detective Writer. I'm your host, Sally, aka Detective Writer, and today I have a very special episode for all of you. I really wanted to introduce you all to a fellow author. Um, I think you guys are really going to really get to know Joseph M. Leonard. Thank you so much for being here, Joseph. It's I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, I, uh, I like that this will be somewhat different from the usual welcome to the book club tell us about your book I you, know? That. <laughs> you know something uh, although don't get me wrong if c-span book show called tomorrow i'd be oh yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> but you know better to uh, so much nicer to be able to have a, a regular nice flowing conversation than the usual same old questions and I could give the uh I could sleepwalk and sleep talk the answer right yeah definitely <laughs> definitely for me I think like I always want my my guests to always feel welcome I always want them to feel comfortable so I really really hope you do because I always feel like when I get to talk to another fellow author you don't just learn like a little bit more about why they wrote a book but you get to know their motivations their determinations like what was their inspiration and I feel like I don't know about you but I feel like whenever I read a book I always just find it so amazing how it's like a moving it's like a moving movie in your head if that makes sense i just picture so many things and i love to think about what was the author thinking about when he or she wrote this book what were their passions what were their determinations to make a character have a certain viewpoint experiences you know what i mean i love that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's uh we can yeah the creative process behind which uh why I wrote my more recent book, How to Write a Book and Get It Published, Hints, Tips, and Techniques, to go into those sorts of things a little. You know, obviously I didn't write a big, huge book, but yeah. after going on other shows to talk about terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, a lot of times they would say, will you come back and just talk about writing and publishing in general? So I'd say, sure. And after a couple dozen of those, I'd say, well, that's got to be my next book, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love there's that. obviously a market for that. And sure enough, you know, I went on Amazon, and yeah, sure enough, there's a bazillion how to put your book on Amazon, right? Yes. But that's, that's not usually what people ask. Yeah. So how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques, kind of takes you from the initial concept, writing it, publishing it, what are your best options, and after market post promotion, like uh, obviously I'm doing here, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I definitely but, love that. <laughs> yeah, but what most intrigued me about your show, uh, mainly evolving or revolving around detective stuff is that years ago I wrote a radio play for a local radio station it was 89x across the river in Windsor Ontario and uh, uh, they had a contest where they would have a song of the week 
and you write a radio play for it. So the song of the week, the first week, was Billy Joel's Eyes Without a Face. And that made me immediately think of The Adventures of Detective Idol. Yeah, be a a lead-in for that. Uh, All all about him as, you know, this fiction detective. I like that. I like that. And it's really great that you say that. And thank you so much for letting me know that my book intrigued you. Well, my blog post and my everything really intrigued you, especially about my podcast. Because when I, I kid you not, when I first started... I was so nervous. I wasn't sure as to what genre it could be about. I was thinking, okay, first I could talk about maybe true crime, unsolved cases. But then I started to really steer a little bit more away from that because I felt like this was my mistake. This was completely my mistake. I would be looking up unsolved cases around 3 in the morning when it would be dead quiet in my house and I would be listening to the most gruesome things that I'd have to like I'd have to stop what I was doing and just listen to baby shark or something to regain my faith in humanity so then I thought okay obviously I can't just be talking about unsolved cases and stuff that has not received justice yet why not talk a little bit more about my process of being an author my process of doing self-publishing my journey of becoming an author what inspired me because there were moments this was my mistake just listening to the most gruesome gruesome of cases and it'd be two three in the morning and i thought i can't i need a break i have to listen to baby shark or something because it was too much you you freak yourself out yes (laughs) yes yes that is exactly what I did and I <laughs> I that was my mistake but I learned you know you learn right it's like yeah you don't watch a horror movie before going to bed right yeah it usually will induce some bad negative dreams <laughs> I know and like that's what I feel like I really started to branch out because first I was I've been blogging for about two and a half years and then I really started to enjoy it more and then I really wanted to expand a little bit more into the podcast world and I really thought about it and I was thinking oh it's so fascinating to see how much you can really bring imagination and creativity out there you don't just have to limit yourself to just one specific thing and I think because of the time period that we live in now thankfully we have so much access to writing books to having podcasts and to having blogs and I feel like the process and the power of writing is just so powerful that you don't need to just stop at one thing. There's so many options to really become an author, to become a blogger, a podcaster, whatever floats your boat, you know? Yeah. Well, even if people aren't, aren't looking to write their own uh, or publish anything of their own, you can think of my How to Write a Book and Get It Published, Hints, Tips, and Techniques as a tell-all without the name dropping. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you can, it's, it's kind of a behind the scenes. So if you've ever thought about, you know, I like reading, but, or maybe you've never thought about, what did it take that author to get that book into your hands to enjoy? Well, that book can kind of give you insight to what everybody, well, self-published nowadays go through. And I do discuss traditional publishing in there, but, you know, for 99.999 ad phone of people, they're never going to sign, at least right off the bat, with a traditional publisher. Yeah, I think that is actually, you bring up such a great point, because I feel like when I was first writing my book, 
even though I had interned for Penguin Random House, I had done so many different experiences, it was so impossible to get a lot of people to even look at my book. And when a friend of mine referred to me to, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them, um, they're a self-publishing company called New Degree Press. Um, they hey, I'm not familiar with that one, though. I think they're <laughs> very new. I paid an, an arm, a leg, and a kidney for it, but <laughs> it was it was completely worth it, completely worth it, people. The, the, I will say the process of self-publishing a book, it's relatively easier than I thought it would be. It's just, it's a lot of work compared to doing, compared to publishing with a traditional publisher, but all worth it, you know? Well, I go into that in my publishing options chapter. Uh, there, there's a bazillion firms out there, so you, you've got to do your homework. I mention only a couple in the book because uh, there's still some that used self-publishing used to be called vanity publishing. There's only people with huge egos, you know, want, really? would put out a book, you know, uh, self-published just to uh, promote themselves. Well, you know, a lot of people got stories, and again, the traditional publishers just getting them to look at it, let alone be interested, it's a whole other thing. Uh, you just don't go that route anymore. Yeah. So I discuss the, you know, the vanity, and then there's self-publishing, and then I call, like what you said, sounds like falls into what I call assisted publishing, right? You get what you pay for, you decide what you want, what you need, what packages all people offer, and yeah, you can do it completely free even, but you're not likely going to get much, you know, yeah. out of that route. And you're bound to pay a little something for it, the editing at least, and the cover design, and maybe formatting type settings. So if you're going to spend those dollars, you may as well put them in a one-stop location package, put that money towards that. Definitely, I hear that. I feel like for me, you know, I I tried to do traditional publishing at first, but it was just so hard to get my name out in the door. I think it was because I had published no books at all, and I even though I had written query letters and I had a lot of professors in college who did write books themselves, it was just so hard to really get a little bit of help. But you know, I think self-publishing, you know, depending on how someone feels about it, it can be. It can definitely be very helpful for me. I have no idea if my second book will be through self-publishing or through assisted publishing, as you say. But I definitely know that I do want to try to go very hard to maybe use a, maybe use different ways of going to publish. But you know, we shall see because I did pay an arm and leg and a kidney for it. <laughs> well, again, I mean. You, you usually, I don't know. I don't know that organization. I'd have to look into it. I can obviously. definitely send you the link. But, yeah, I, 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 you can't quite see it waving it in my book. Uh, there are former Rand, uh, uh, HarperCollins publishers at the place I went through. So, you know, you, if you go with the higher-end ones, usually you come up with a book that looks every bit as good as the big publishing firms, right? Yeah. So 
most people, if they're at a store, although both books aren't carried in a store anymore, you, unless if you're coming from a traditional publisher, uh, they don't know. They don't care if it's self-published or not. They, you know, they see the little logo. They don't know it's a self-publishing firm. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they just see a logo and the, do they like the cover, right? Yeah. Uh, like I discussed in how to write a book and get it published, you know, the old saying, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, yeah. everybody does. <laughs> I think we're right? all guilty of that, to be totally honest with you. I am no. guilty of that. <laughs> you know, you don't want to do that for people, right? Martin no, Luther definitely King, not. Not as a character. But when it comes to a book, yeah, if you don't grab somebody by that cover, exactly. they're passing you by. And especially now, uh, with everything being sold online, I mean, that cover image has to draw them in to look at anything. Yeah, I feel like that's something that I'm actually guilty of. I, I, I don't like judging people like people, but I feel like when I'm at a library or if I'm at a bookstore and if I see a book cover and I think it's interesting, but I look at the back for the blurb and it doesn't really catch my attention, I will most likely put it back. And I'm so guilty of that because I just feel like I don't know. I hear what you're saying. Like sometimes, if the book doesn't grab your attention immediately, you're not. Chances are, you're not really gonna want to have much interest in reading right. it. But that's just me. That cover has to uh, encapsulate was the word I was looking for. The gist of the book enough to, like you say, then yeah, turn it over and then hopefully the blurb gets you like I went back and forth for like three weeks with the publisher on that uh, my blurb that we landed up to set, settling on there's actually a couple parts to it but the main taglines to try to grab people is for terror strikes coming soon to a city near you is when a journalist sets out to write a book about terrorism he learns more than he bargained for will his sacrifices be worth it Will anyone pay attention? Can America be saved? So the cover's got to grab them. Your blurb has to back up what your cover is saying about your book, and hopefully, then yes, they want to delve in more. Like I'm talking about a book called Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You. Well, not everybody's going to be interested in a book on terrorism, which is why I talk about it on shows, because terrorism is, of course, just the thread that holds it together. My main character, like I said, when a journalist sets out to write a book, so we're actually following Martin writing a book on terrorism. That's the main theme, but it's not a book about death. It's one of life and living. So, you know, if someone hears terrorism, they think blood and guts shoot them up. And that is the furthest thing from the truth yeah. regarding that. So, yeah, Martin kind of plays part detective as he researches uh, to, uh, to do his book. In fact, his book, the title will be Terrorist Tracks kind of along the, you know, the detective line, the old uh, Sherlock Holmes following their footsteps, right? Yeah. Tracing their tracks and the double meaning of sub like subway rails, 
since subways are a favorite target of terrorists. So there's that double meaning there. Definitely, I hear that. And I try to hide a few double meanings in the book. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. So you have a process of just basically like making typical words that we would usually assume into having a whole new meaning. I kind of like that. Yeah, well, like the double play on tracks. And again, I don't want to give them all away, and I don't want to give too many spoilers. But yeah. the book is called Terror Strikes. Hey, it's actually showing there now. <laughs> I actually see it. I actually see it. Yes. But it is in my background, of course. And uh, no, so. and no worries. I will include the link below for that if yeah. you if you're comfortable yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding the radio play, if you're interested in reading or hearing a recording, it's only like a 60-second blurb. For the adventures of Detective Vito, you can go to terrorstrikes.info/89x. That was Amazing. the radio station, or slash Billy Idol, since it has to do with his "Eyes Without a Face" song. Uh, but now I forgot where it was. I was going. <laughs> what what <laughs> no was? Worries. You asked me. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think we were basically just going on with a little bit how you transform typical ordinary words into having a whole new meaning. So basically, yeah, your books take like you, a really like they take like a whole new broader term into like right, into right. words. You you got me back on track. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my uh, train went off the rails there. No worries. I happen to me yeah, too. I w- I was going to give the other example of the double meaning play on words there, oh, and I like to say this too. If you were to say, "Wow, that's a great metaphor," I would say, "I'm so offended. I am far better an author to use metaphors. I use meta sixes." But I'm wrong. Anyway, so oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> And you, as you can see, I can't pass a bad pun. But anyway, I'm yeah, good, the title. No worries. <laughs> the I'm title. I'm really better. Yeah, the title "Terror Strikes" coming soon to a city near you. Breakdown coming soon near you can happen any place. Like I, you see me looking away from the camera. I'm grabbing a piece of paper. Uh, yeah. Some mass shootings last year in an Iowa nightclub. All right, an yeah. Arkansas car show, uh, a Vegas hookah bar, another rural Virginia hookah bar. So it can happen anytime, any place. But the word "strikes" in there is also another one of those double meanings, yeah. right? Strikes as in an assault, an attack. Also, strikes as in balls and strikes, as in baseball, because there is a baseball. Thread that runs through the book, also. So I, I love being able to play words like that. Definitely, and unfortunately, like there's been so many tragedies that happen, not just in America but all over the place. But I think that we can use so many experiences, whether they happen to us personally or in the world or even nationwide, and we can use so many of them to just like I feel like writing heals so much. And we can actually use words that maybe considered triggering for a lot of people into using them for like different different definitions. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean like, you know what I mean? Like words can be used to be different yeah. Different, yeah. different definitions, so they're not necessarily like 
always so considered like so triggering for so many people yeah and that's part of the book too is to try to help out those uh ptsd isn't limited to just soldiers yeah. i mean there is such a thing as survivor's guilt you know the people after 9/11 that the few people that got out of that building as opposed to those lost there you know why are they gone why did i leave the building but they stayed and died you know so dealing with survivor's guilt is also in the book and i like to also further go on to say again not a book about death but life and living uh, life over death hope over fear and that's both kind of a literal and figurative in playing with words giving hope in the book and literally Martin's wife's name in the book is hope to reinforce that notion subconsciously also faith over despair love over hate good over evil individualism over collectivism freedom over tyranny a love of friends and family and life so you know things aren't all always going to go great you never know when you may turn a corner and uh something very unexpected might happen like Teresa my character in the Naperville chapter uh comes to the conclusion that she thought she was the mama bear for her child she thought she need be but it turns out she was more an ostrich right that that imagery think of an ostrich wanders onto a set of train tracks yeah <laughs> and uh, so, i definitely you know i i don't want to make people paranoid this isn't a fear porn book right i just want you to live your life again not about death life and living but be at least a bit astute to the things going on around you you can't be clueless zombie zombie trying to stumble through life or, or again that train for whom the bell tolls it tolls for thee right it may yeah. that light at the end of the tunnel as that saying goes maybe the light of an oncoming train <laughs> that's definitely that's a really great point for you bring up because you know life you you never know what's going to happen life is so short we don't know what could happen today tomorrow or say right. 20 years from now they well, look yeah. look at like the people of east palestine palestine or palestine everybody keeps pronouncing it different ways people who've read my book terror strikes coming soon to city or you were not surprised by that scene because my tulsa chapter predicted that was coming. Now, whether it be accident or an act of terror is not the point here, but these things can happen anytime any place. And obviously you can't prepare for those things except for at least somewhat mentally to say, you know, I'm awake, I'm alert, I'm alive, I'm paying attention. If something unexpected happens, I I'm I'm ready to react. not just the common surrender to the situation definitely i feel like there's so many ways to be prepared
word and writing actually in so many ways is so much beneficial than what we think writing writing can help spread a lot of awareness and it can help spread a lot of healing a lot of guidance so I really like that what you're bringing out that writing can bring so many aspects like I love that both reading and writing you yeah. know enjoying what someone else wrote is that uh, same can be that same wonderful feeling and why I suggest even if you're not at all interested in writing and publishing your own book the how to write a book and get it published hints tips and techniques uh, as one reviewer said it reads more like a novel than a self-help guide well that's on purpose yeah <laughs> that, definitely so that an average reader can you know it's not like opening up an IBM computer technical manual you know definitely <laughs> somewhat dry read uh, to engage the readers as to what it takes for a book to get into your hands that you're enjoying I love that and like as a self-proclaimed bookworm and who could never leave a library when I was a kid, I definitely agree <laughs> with that sentence. <laughs> I definitely agree with that sentence. <laughs> and but you know what? That, although being an author, you, you shouldn't probably admit this, but <laughs> I'm more a movie person. <laughs> Honestly, <I'm> more... <laughs> it's right there. A lot of movies have been made from books. Yes. So there's that, obviously. But a movie usually you know i can get in i can get out 90 minutes you gave me the whole story unless if it's a seat you know gonna be a trilogy or whatever but yeah usually you walk out you, you you've got the whole thing you don't have to invest as much time as reading a book but then a lot of people will go back and read the book after they see the movie because they always know that my book's only like 285 pages the whole book the story itself only 250 but I I have uh, there's a site called Story Rocket that is kind of where authors can put their wares to try to attract a screen adaptation so yeah I'd love for someone to turn terror strikes into a movie and of that 250 pages though they're only going to pick like some parts to fit in that movie so then you still it's good to go back and read the book to see all those extra things that fill in the blank definitely because i'm i'm guilty of that myself i usually will go to the movie before i read the book it's okay. I will read the book afterwards, so that's perfectly fine. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, I don't know if this is. Um, sometimes a book will follow a movie. That's rare, but it happens. Like the uh, where the crawdads sing. I I don't know if that was a book before or after. Um, but I love that movie because since we're talking about publishing. Uh, not to give a big spoiler if you didn't see it, Daisy Edgar Jones does a fantastic job in that movie. I highly recommend it. And then, of course, maybe you do indeed want to read the book too. But the point here is that uh, she does illustrations. This is not a big spoiler. And people tell her, you know, wow, you should do a book, right? Yeah. So that's taking place decades ago. 
where the only thing you could do was indeed gather up your drawings or your writing and send it to the traditional publishers. Uh, so, but that movie tries to have like a To Kill a Mockingbird feel Definitely. to it, which I, I, I really love that. But there, I, I'm drawing a blank as to which ones, but I do distinctly remember a couple of times where it, indeed a book actually followed the movie. Definitely. We can definitely revise that because I'm I'm not familiar with it. But if anybody does, please let us know in the comments. Well, I know one from uh I, I don't know why this one sticks in my brain. It was from when I was young, way way back in, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, there was that movie with Rex Smith. Yeah. I can't think of the title about a, an underage groupie, uh, sooner or later. Yeah. Sooner or later, yeah. That was a movie, and the movie did well, so they threw together a book to come out after that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And the fact that you But that's the, the only one, and I have no idea why that one sticks in my head. That was so long ago. But so those sorts of things happen. Definitely. And that's. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm talking to like a master of wisdom right now. Not so much talk. <laughs> well, I, I am 60. I've been around the block a few times, right? As, Definitely. As that's say. incredible. <laughs> Age is just the number. Yeah, oh, you know, some days I still feel like, uh, you know, spry 20 something. And some days I feel like, oh my God, is this what a hundred feels like? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we all have our days, our good days, our bad days, right? I definitely <laughs> hear that. I'm so glad you came today for my podcast. I truly hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking to you so much. I truly yeah. hope you've enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on. And again, it, even if someone's not interested in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you or how to write a book and get it published, instance of next week, check get my mouth to work techniques <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes the uh, brain and the tongue just you know aren't in sync but go to terrorstrikes.info slash 89x to get that detective connection with the show <laughs> definitely and unless you have any final thoughts to say joseph i think we're good to go no, I mentioned, of course, terrorstrikes.info. Uh, it's about the book, but there's a more tab. I mean, I've got dozens of pages. A lot of people say a website is supposed to be very basic. Well, I do have an author site, Joseph M. Leonard. It looks like Leonard. It's not French. It's Leonard without an O. Joseph M. Leonard.us is kind of my plain, generic... Yeah billboardish kind of site but terrorstrikes.info you can spend a day and a half on there going through all the crap I've thrown. I mean great stuff great stuff no crap oh yeah you can catch me at J Leonard Detroit on virtually any and every social media platform except, except Twitter I'm still perma band there Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but wow. all those other sites I'm at J Leonard Detroit on Instagram, right? MeWe, Freely. I was gonna say Parlor, but uh, uh, there's Gab. I mean, there's 
free talk out of the UK. I'm on there. There's a bazillion social media sites, obviously. Definitely. So I try to do at Jay Leonard to try to cross all of those. Uh, and you can always contact me through josephmleonard.us or the terrorstrikes.info site. There's a contact tab at both of those places. Awesome. And I'm so happy to finally have had you. Thank you so much, Joseph. This has been such a great episode. For anyone um, who is interested, I will put Joseph's um, contact and all of his links below if anyone would like to get in contact with him. And thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed. Please feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Please have a great day, afternoon, evening, or night. And until then, keep on sleuthing.